eco-friendly living. For a lot of people out there, it can seem like a daunting task, one with so many options and paths that you actually end up feeling overwhelmed and confused rather than inspired and ready to take action. It's hard enough living life today without adding another thing to your plate. That's why I'm here to help. I'm here to pull you out of the societal norms of materialism and overconsumption. I talk about sustainable living, but also things like motherhood, mindfulness, and intentional living. Things that overall help you live a happier, simpler, more eco-friendly life by making small changes in your habits, your mindset, and your home. This is Kayla Rogers, and you are listening to the Unrooted Mama Podcast. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here talking with you today. Um, I feel like right now doing the every other week episodes is still working a lot better with like my life and just the load that I have as a like stay at home mom who's homeschooling right now. Um, but it makes me like so much more excited to actually sit down and do these episodes for you. So today I have an episode that for some reason I haven't done specifically before and I really thought that I had. So every time that it pops up in my head as an idea, I'm like, oh no, I've definitely done that before. But then I've sat down and I went through all my episodes today and I realized I've never done an episode about like eco-friendly kitchen hacks. And so today's the day. Let's get into it. I feel like most of us, whether you are a mom or not, I feel like most of us probably spend a lot more time than we would think in the kitchen. At least I know I do, but I know I'm in here to make my kids breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then I have to do the dishes like one to two times a day. I'm in here for snack breaks. Like I'm literally sitting in the middle of my kitchen right now recording this episode. I I probably spend like almost half my day in the kitchen. At least it feels like that. But setting my kitchen up for success when it comes to low-waste living has helped me out a lot, especially in times where I'm really burnt out. Um, I already have my kitchen kind of set up in a way where it promotes being low-waste and um, just being a little bit more eco-friendly than I used to be. So even when I get really overwhelmed and we're in really busy seasons of life, I have certain things that I do that still help me promote that low-waste lifestyle without having to think too much about it. Because a lot of times, like right now, I'm in a huge season of burnout, if I'm being honest. Um, And there's a lot of things in my life in terms of eco-friendly living that I have been completely just dropping the ball on. However, the changes that I've made in my kitchen, because they're such a habit now and because they're so like easily accessible to me, have never really like went off the grid, if that makes sense. Like even if every other area of my life, eco-friendly living isn't going too well because I'm like drowning in everything. Um, my kitchen is the one place where it's just set up to help me succeed when it comes to that area in being a little bit more sustainable. So I wanted to share with you guys my six biggest eco-friendly hacks for the kitchen. Let's dive right in. So my first and biggest tip, and this isn't possible for everybody, but if it's possible for you to compost, that is definitely the thing that allows me to see how much like waste I'm preventing from going in landfills. Composting has been extremely, um, I guess, just satisfying in terms of eco-friendly living. Um, And if you have a backyard at all, it's pretty possible to compost. So as soon as we moved into this house, which was like, 
I don't even know, four or five months ago, maybe I started scouring Facebook marketplace for a used composter. Cause I really didn't feel like dropping money on a new one. And I ended up buying like a huge, really good quality composter and like a little side composter for like $40, I think. Um, so I lucked out and I just have like a tumbling composter in the backyard where I go and I put the like food scraps and paper scraps and things like that in it. And then I spin it and it'll just like eventually compost, I hope, I guess. I'm not really an expert on it, but it's working for now. Um, however, in the old house that we used to live in back in North Carolina, I had pallets set up in the backyard. Like we had a really big backyard for like that was fenced in and I got three pallets, like the wooden pallets. And I kind of just made like a C shape, I guess, with the pallets and put them up against the fence, the wooden fence. And we just threw all of our compost scraps in there and we stirred it up like a few times a week with a shovel. And then by the time we moved out, all of it had turned into dirt and we just like spread it over the back of the yard and it was like, fine. Um, so that's one way to do it. I know that there are ways to compost just in a big like Rubbermaid container. Um, there are a lot of different options and there's also a lot of like cheap tumbling composters on Amazon. Well, I guess relatively cheap. Some are like $40, some are $80, but there's a lot of different options for composting. And I feel like composting seems so intimidating until you're actually in it and you actually do it. And then you're like, oh, I've been psyching myself out for nothing. At least I know that's how I've been. Um, so composting is definitely one of the things that I'm hoping to learn more about. Hopefully I'll have like an entire episode on composting in the future when I get a little bit more secure that I'm actually doing it right. But I definitely recommend you looking into it if it would be possible for you to do so because watching the food scraps that you would normally throw into the trash go to something that could be productive and a lot better for the earth is very rewarding, or at least it has been for me. The second hack for an eco-friendly kitchen is to save your veggie scraps for broth or soup. So, you know, if you're cooking dinner or you're making your kids a snack and you're like peeling a carrot, all of those carrot peels or like the ends of the onion that you cut up, all of that, you can actually put those into like a container or a reusable Ziploc bag or something like that and stick them in your freezer. And then next time that you need a broth for something or you want a good soup base, you can literally just put all of the veggie scraps into a big pot of water, add like seasonings. I like to do a little splash of apple cider vinegar and then boil it and simmer it for like maybe, I don't know. I don't know. How, I think I did it for like about 30 minutes usually. Um, and then you have a good veggie broth. The same can be said for veggies that are wilting in your fridge. Like if you've had celery in there for a week or a week and a half and you pick it up and it just like is not crunchy enough to eat anymore, but it's still good. Like it hasn't went bad. It's just not like crispy. Um, you can also chop those up and stick them in the freezer until you're ready to make your broth. Or if you're like me today, like if you have enough, just, you know, get a thing of broth and then you can drink it. You can, you know, I don't know, add it to a dinner recipe, whatever you want. 
This can also go for fruit scraps. A lot of times if I have wilting fruits in the fridge or if I'm like cutting strawberries for my kids or something and I cut the green part off, I save those and then later on that day I'll make either juice or a smoothie with those. Um, So those are two ways like besides composting that you can kind of reuse your fruit and veggie scraps in ways to kind of like give them a new life besides just throwing them in the trash. This also can be really fun because it just gets you to be more creative in the kitchen, you know, versus like you make one recipe, throw everything that you don't need or use away. Like if you're, if you do a recipe and you only need half of a big zucchini, then instead of throwing away that other half or like sitting it in your fridge when you know that you probably won't use it, you can like shred it up and make a new fun zucchini bread recipe or like zucchini bread fritters on the stove or something like that, you know? So this has been a way for me to not only reduce waste in the kitchen, but also just give myself a little bit of inspiration to get creative in the kitchen with the leftover scraps from food. So tip number three is to buy in bulk when you can. Um, I know a lot of people go to like Sam's Club or Costco and that's one great way to do this. I don't really have a membership, but for us, it's mainly like the staples. I'm very particular about the kind of rice that we eat. And so instead of like every week having to buy a little bag of rice, usually once a month or once every couple months, depending on how long it lasts us, I'll go and buy the giant like 15 pound bag of rice. And not only are you saving waste, I mean, in general, buying bulk is a lot better for the environment because A, there's less packaging per product, if that makes sense. Um, So instead of like 10 or like five small plastic bags of rice. It's just one big bag. Um, And a lot of times like the bigger bags of things you can repurpose and give them like a second life. And then also there's less transport time, both with you buying the product and using like the carbon dioxide to drive back and forth to the store, but also with the people that have to transport that good from wherever it originated to wherever you end up buying it, if that makes sense. I don't really want to get too big into the details of that because it can start to get really overwhelming, but in general, buying in bulk is a lot better for the environment. And this is even better if you have bulk food stores in your area. And those are like, if you've ever been in the grocery store and they have the coffee section in the aisle where you can fill up your own bag of the coffee beans that they have in like a big canister. Um, I know a lot of places, this is not an option, unfortunately, but if you are in a place where you, there are bulk buying bins in any stores near you, this is definitely an amazing way to cut back on waste in the kitchen and be more environmentally friendly when it comes to food and food purchasing. And I know maybe it seems like that's not a specific kitchen hack, but for me, like it is because we have the big bags of things like rice or I try to buy like a big bag of quinoa and like the bigger bag of sugar. And for, so for me, it's a lot less overwhelming because we have one shelf in the pantry with all of these big bags of things. And when I open up my cabinets, I have little like repurposed bigger glass jars that I have all of these things stacked in. Um, And it makes it a lot easier for me to like find things and organize those like specific items in our cupboards. 
So that's a big kitchen hack that I love that helps the environment and can save you money is to, again, buy in bulk and then have cute like repurposed pasta jars or like big pickle jars, things like that. Like you can keep those glass jars and then use them to put your bulk purchased items like rice, quinoa, sugar, chia seeds, like whatever it is. And then they'll look cute in your cabinet. And you're also helping the environment by using like repurposed glass jars and bulk items. The next kitchen hack that I have, which if you've been around for the podcast for the past couple years and you're frequent, you're just going to roll your eyes at this because like you already know what's up. But Instead of paper towels, which I know I used to use a crap ton of paper towels every day, like wiping down the counters, cleaning up messes after the kids, things like that. I have not bought a roll of paper towels since we moved here and we needed like one roll for our hotel room because I didn't bring my flour sack towels. But flour sack towels, people, I am telling you, they are the holy grail of eco-friendly cleaning. I am obsessed with them. We actually bought a ton of flour sack towels when we started cloth diapering my first and then we ended up not using them at all because I got like all-in-one diapers where we didn't need the folded inserts if that makes sense so we had like 20 flower sack towels just sitting around so one day I just kind of had the thought I was like well what if I use these as rags in the kitchen they come in big like 20 by 20 sheets of fabric so I cut mine up into fourths And literally, they're so absorbent. They're so durable. Um, They make the perfect paper towel replacements. And for me, to make it easy, I have a contain like a cute little basket on my counter, and I put all of my clean flour sack towels in there. So they're right on the kitchen counter. And every time me or the kids need to clean something up, we just grab one out of the basket. And then I also have a like plastic storage container underneath the sink. So whenever we have dirty ones, we just put them underneath the sink and then every couple days I'll wash them. So flower sack towels, I'm telling you, if you guys have not tried them yet and you've listened to this podcast for a while, go to Walmart, go get the 10 pack. I think they used to be like $7.88 for a 10 pack. And now I think they're like $9, which is still cheaper than they are at Target. Um, But literally, go buy a big 10-pack of flour sack towels, cut them up, whatever shape and size your heart desires, and use them instead of paper towels in your kitchen. And I promise you will not regret it. This is like my favorite eco-friendly swap ever. I'm obsessed with them, and I will shout it from the rooftops till the day I die. I use them for wiping down my tables, wiping down my chairs, wiping down the counters, wiping my kids off after they eat spaghetti or mac and cheese or literally anything that's messy. We use them for wiping off the floor, wiping like grease off the oven. Literally, you can use these for anything. They're amazing. Please hop on the train. (laughs) My fifth kitchen hack for eco-friendly kitchen. I feel like I should have said that better. (laughs) My sixth eco-friendly kitchen hack, there we go, is stasher bags or any type of like reusable Ziploc bags really. But I will tell you, I've tried three or four different kinds because I did not want to take the plunge and get the stasher ones. 
I tried ones that I got from Target that were like cute with little lemons printed on them. I think that they were like the Ellie brand. And after like four washes in the dishwasher, which they say dishwasher safe, after like four rounds in the dishwasher, they were wrinkled and just not looking too hot at all. And then I tried another kind that I think I bought from TJ Maxx or something and pretty much the same thing. They just did not hold up very well. My stasher bags, I've had them for probably at least a year now, maybe a year and a half. And they literally look exactly the same as the day that I bought them. And we've used them religiously. Um, so I know stasher bags can be a little bit of an investment. Like I think it's maybe $10 for one, which sounds ridiculous for a Ziploc bag, but I'm telling you guys, these things last forever. But my favorite way to use them in the kitchen is, and this isn't like sponsored by the way, which I mean, technically I am an affiliate. I will drop my link below with a coupon code for you guys if they have any out right now, hopefully they do. Um, but that's not why I'm making this episode. It's just because they honestly save my butt so many times in the kitchen. And I truthfully have not had to buy the single use normal Ziploc bags in over a year and a half now, which has been amazing. But anyway, my favorite way to use stasher bags is when I am cooking, if I only use like half the onion or half of a zucchini or cucumber or something like that, I stick the other half in the stasher bag and because they're airtight, and no air can get in or anything to further the oxidation process, they'll stay good in the fridge for probably about another week or so, which I've been really surprised. Even when I put them in like our airtight glass storage containers, which I think they're airtight, but maybe this is an indication that they're not, usually stuff like that only stays good for a few days before it like wilts and starts to get a little bit nasty. Um, so the stasher bags are definitely a favorite of mine to have around the kitchen, mostly just for storing things like that in the fridge. They're amazing. And then the last kitchen hack that I want to share with you guys today, which it's honestly one of my new favorites. It's something that's already helped me so much in the past couple weeks that I've been using it, but it's to rearrange your fridge in order to make produce or at least most of your produce sit instead of like in the produce drawers that were I guess specifically designed for produce but if you're anything like me that's where produce goes to die and be forgotten until it's like making a nasty goo in the compartments um just calling myself out here it's fine but anyway when you put all of your produce in the door like that's usually where we would put milk coffee creamer condiments in my family um, but we've moved those things to the top shelf of the fridge. That way we can stick all of our produce right there in the door. So right now, I, if you open my door, I have like a thing of mini bell peppers. I have a couple of cucumbers. There's a thing of strawberries for the kids, some green onions. And having all of the produce right there in my face every time that I open it up has been making me cook with that produce a lot more than I admittedly usually would, unfortunately. And it just feels like out of sight, out of mind, you know, for me, I'm sure there are people out there listening to this that are like, what the heck are you talking about? And even if their produce is tucked snug in the produce drawer, they don't forget about it and they use it and they remember that it's in there. I don't know what's up with my brain, but once it get, goes in there, I forget about it for a solid three to four days. And I don't know what's up with the produce being circulated right now, but that's about how long produce lasts me before it starts going bad. Um, so in general, like putting it in the fridge has been amazing because first thing I'm like, oh, mini bell peppers. Cool. What am I going to put those in? I guess omelets. Let's go. Let's go. Instead of like them sitting in the drawer and just 
dying and me having to compost them or, you know, hopefully make the veggie broth with them if I catch them while they're just wilty and not while they're like rotten and disgusting. So yeah, try to like rearrange your fridge. And even if you don't put produce, like if there's not a good space in the door to put them, like even if you just put them right on the shelf in front of you or something, maybe get a cool like clear container or little basket that you can set in the fridge and put your produce there somewhere where it's in your face. And every time you open the fridge, that's like the first thing that you see. And for me, that's really helped me actually use the produce and the healthy stuff in my fridge instead of it just going to waste. So yeah, those are six of my favorite eco-friendly kitchen hacks. Um, This is not in my list of six, but I also highly recommend going low plastic if you can. Um, So things like Rubbermaid containers, kids cups and bowls and plates, things like that. Um, Something that for me goes hand in hand with eco-friendly living is trying to go a little bit low toxin just because I started researching what toxins can do to developing brains and like your kids in general and things like that. And I just was not about that. So slowly we're trying to get all the plastic stuff out of our kitchen specifically and replace it with like glaze, glass or stainless steel. And another thing that goes like hand in hand with this is a lot of pots and pans that people use contain non-stick coatings that are actually like extremely toxic, especially when like when it gets to that point where there are scrapes, like you can see the coating come off because of using metal utensils or something at the bottom of a pot or pan. Um, that can be really harmful. I highly suggest if you're interested, you know, Google top kitchen toxins and slowly try to like do swaps for those two. For me, I always reach for my cast iron pan first because there's no toxic coatings and they last forever. You can also get cast irons for pretty cheap used at Goodwill. I always see them at Goodwill. Um, So that's definitely an option. And then like wooden utensils when possible instead of plastic. Um, You know, like again, the mace, I always use like little mason jars for my kids' drinks versus plastic ones, just things like that. Um, But that's definitely something I implore you to look into if you're trying to go through your kitchen and do swaps that are a little bit more eco-friendly. And then my last, again, this isn't like one of the six hacks, but just a, a last little parting note before you get off of here today is like, listen to my list of suggestions. And if you find ones that you really vibe with, or you're like, oh, heck yeah, I want to try that. Just make sure that it works for you. I feel like so many of us try eco-friendly swaps, like specific ones. Um, but we don't really like, we just use it and then we don't like it. So we toss it to the side. It goes in a bottom drawer somewhere, or we just throw it away or donate it because we're like, that's not for me. But I encourage you if you do decide, like for instance, if you do try to use flour sack towels, I encourage you to figure out like where on your counter it would be best if you place them instead of just like putting them in a basket in the pantry and hoping that you remember to use them, if that makes sense. Like make sure that when you you make these eco-friendly swaps, you're putting it right there in the forefront of your mind and just making it really easy for yourself to get in the habit 
of sticking through with these changes, if that makes sense. So for me, it's always like really, even with composting, like for the first two weeks that I had the composter, I really wasn't even saving my kitchen scraps because I didn't have my kitchen countertop composter and I just forgot, like I would just throw the food scraps away instead of setting them aside to be composted. And now it's just like second nature. Like one day I was just like, okay, crap, I need to put a container here. This is going to be to take outside to the main compost. And then I'm actually going to go out there every day. And I'm telling you after like a week of implementing these different swaps and just making it like a new second nature for yourself, it's, it becomes so much easier. So like if you try to make any of these changes and at first it seems really weird and unnatural, just know that that's normal. Know that it takes a week or two to really get in the groove and create that new habit for yourself in order to make that a part of your routine that actually sticks. But yeah, those are my biggest tips for eco-friendly hacks in the kitchen, things that I use every day. And again, they've really helped me stay on course in at least this one area of my life when it comes to eco-friendly living. That way when life is crazy and I feel like I'm doing the bare minimum everywhere else, it's not like going an extra measure to do these eco-friendly things in the kitchen. They're already my habit. It's already how I operate in the kitchen. So it's not like any extra work for me if that makes sense. So I really hope that you found at least one or two different things that you think you can implement into your home in order to lower your waste and be a little bit more earth friendly in the kitchen know that I am rooting for you all the way. I know that it could be like really hard to make these specific changes, but I believe in you. You got this. And I'm so proud of you for even listening to this episode, let alone the amazing things you are about to accomplish. So I'm here cheering you on every step of the way. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Unrooted Mama podcast. And until next time, 